You are Locked on Wild, your home for Minnesota Wild Talk every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, my name is Joe Bully, your host. I am from zonecoverage.com, and with me, as always, is Tony Abbott from The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, we finally reached the All-Star break. So how's it going for you? Are you ready to take a vacation, or do you got things planned for the break? Oh, I'm ready to take a vacation. The question <laughs> is, will I be able to take a vacation? And the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm up the same stream as well. I just... Uh, you know, I really badly want a vacation. I would love to get out of Minnesota, but, um, you know, it's just not in the cards right now. It just really isn't. Yeah, I could not believe, and, and yeah, the weather, talking about it, it sucks. But uh, but I was inside all day trying to wrap up an article for The Athletic, which hopefully will drop sometime in the next week or so. I'll, I'll, I'll announce it when, uh, when I know that it's going to be in the hopper. But I was trying to wrap up this article today, so I was inside all day. And then I, I finally got outside, uh, and I'm just like, where did all this snow come from? I know. I the, the drive home was a little, I don't know if it was sketchy, but all of a sudden, you could just tell that it was starting to get slick out. So it was a good thing I got home when I did. Anyways, um, did you notice that during the Detroit game that somebody threw a couple of octopi onto the ice? Yeah, two octopi. That's pretty, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's. I think uh, I think that's for 16 wins, which I think is the number of wins Detroit has this year. It's actually I think they have 12 wins to be honest. Okay, so maybe they just threw an octopi and a half on the well, ice. What I'm curious is like with the clear bag um, policy that the Excel Energy Center has, how in the hell did they get that in? Did somebody like stuff that under a coat? And then if they did, like, gross. Are you? familiar with how they smuggle things in prison, Joe. <laughs> they, they use the old uh, prison wallet to get the octopi in? <laughs> Look, octopi are really smart. They could figure out a way in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they are uh, they are mostly, um, you know, I don't even know what they are. They're but they're malleable. They're cephalopods. They're what, cephalopods. Yeah. So cephalophores. They're, wait, are they mollusks or cephalopods? I, I actually don't both? know. I, yeah, I, I, don't I just know. wanted to say the most confident sounding word without any regard as to whether it was right or not. <laughs> All right. Um, what would you think that the, uh, you know, because Nashville has the catfish, Detroit has the, you know the, uh, the the octopi. I think Florida, when they're actually decent, they have the rat. What would Minnesota fans throw on the ice that would be uniquely Minnesotan? Mm. I think I uh, think letting out a good old fashioned doob every time Dubnik makes a save. <laughs> I think that's our equivalent. That's it. That's it. I mean, we we do that with just about everybody that's got some sort of weird vowel in their name like that. I mean, remember Lou Ford for the the Twins? Yep, they did that. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything uniquely Minnesotan that we can... I mean, there's a bunch of fish. Sure. So you could... Uh, you could probably do, like, throw a crappie on the ice. Maybe you should throw a crappie on the ice when the other team gets a hat trick. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> could be. Just when anything crappy happens, you throw a crappie on the ice. Uh, so did you see that... Um. 
you know the wild have a have their own dog they they named him breezer it's breezer yeah yeah did you notice that he also took one big giant deuce after the pregame skate today he did take a uh he did take a poop on the ice yes dogs <laughs> will do that i wonder well i've got plenty of dog poop that i could throw on the ice <laughs> i've got two dogs and I've, I've got plenty to spare are you billy madison you're just gonna put flaming bags of dog poop on the ice <laughs> put it by the crease and hope the opposing goalie stops it out don't tell me what to do devil woman <laughs> uh yeah well we got a lot to get into here before we uh you know, break for the, the all-star break. So why don't we take our first break? But I do want to mention, uh, we've got a couple of people that have already reached out to us via email. You can reach us if you're not on Twitter via email at lockdownwild at gmail.com. Um, and also you can also reach out to us as well, because we also offer um, a, a space for local ads as well. So if you are primarily, you know, a Minnesota company or even just in the five-state region. Uh, if you want to reach Minnesota Wild fans wherever you're at, wherever they're at, uh, feel free to reach out to us about sponsorships and, and doing an ad. We'll get you in touch with those people as well. So I think that's a, it's a fantastic opportunity to get hyper-focused with, with your business and get your message across to uh, other Minnesota Wild fans out there that uh, are out here and, and just looking to listen to and eat up all the content that they can. So we'll go ahead and take our first break right here. And on the other side, we'll get into what I think, well, not just what I think, what you and I think, Tony, yeah. uh, about the uh, kind of like the best and the worst moments of like the unofficial first half of the season. So let's take a pause right now. You're listening to Locked on Wild, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And welcome back to Lockdown Wild. I'm Joe, your host, with Tony from the Athletic Minnesota. Tony, I wanted to get into kind of a, a mid-season reflection. Yeah, let's wanted, do this. Yeah, I want to know: Is there any probably what What are your biggest disappointments so far this season? Um. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And we can kind of go back and forth, but we'll start with disappointments. I would say maybe the biggest disappointment is how very similar this year is to last year where it and this could change really quick right at the uh, at the mm-hmm. trade deadline you know we we might see you know the this team go in a different direction than they have been and that they're trending for which is you know like 85 86 points whatever mm-hmm. um i think that's pretty much it is just like how similar it feels to last year now there are, there are good stories in the mix there i think mm-hmm. I think players are breaking out in uh, in some cases where it's really interesting and where it's a good story. But I think that if there are two disappointments for me, it's it's the overall sameness of this <laughs> season as as compared to last season. And the other disappointment I think is uh, is very unfortunately because he is still my favorite. I know I've been talking about up uh, Jules Eriksson Eck, and earlier in the year I was talking up Fiala, but I. Uh, I am disappointed to see that uh, that we don't have Matt Dumba having his uh, his confidence back. We talked about it, and, and this mm-hmm. is so much more of a fun team when Matt Dumba's hot and he's on fire. And uh, and it is uh, it is kind of sad to see that uh, that he hasn't gotten back into form. Now he's been picking up assists over the last few days, including mm-hmm. uh, tonight's game, which yep. that's nice to see. And and we talked about how he was shooting the puck more. So, like, 
that's slowly coming back, but just that we haven't seen a full Dumba. Those I, are my two big ones. Yeah, I agree. I'd say that my biggest disappointment is probably the way October started. Yeah. Because when, when, the, when the Wild finally started to turn around towards uh, November, I mean, it was 28 games from the beginning of November to the end of December, and they were at about a 600 or so clip for points percentage. Mm-hmm. But October was so bad. I mean, that's if you string that 600, uh, it's actually 60.7. But if you take that points percentage over the entire 82-game stretch, and that's 99 points. I mean, that's a playoff team this year, especially in a down Western Conference. I mean, now, hell, if, even if you pick up half the points available in that first stretch yeah, and, in October. And I, and October was just so bad that I think so many people gave up on this team and are just so not interested in this team. And and don't get me wrong, I am not trying to be unrealistic about my expectations. I did not think that this team had it in them to go all the way to try to do any sort of like miracle St. Louis Blues thing or anything like that. So even I was skeptical that this team would be anywhere where it is, but I just feel like that the attitude around the team has changed so much that that even just like the little small things like Eric Sinek, like Kevin Fiala, like um, uh, Marcus Foligno, or even some of the fun things that Ryan Donato has done, uh, or even just like a win here and there, or, or even just fun speculation and trade talk. And, and, and it's fun speculation, not this crap where you're thinking like, Oh, are they going to give away Jason Zucker for you know a bag of pucks because he just doesn't understand the value? This is fun. This is supposed to be fun, and I just feel like it. it a lot of people have kind of just gotten down so much to the point where it is no longer fun, and there's always a snide remark on just about anything that this team does. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the kids have been a disappointment, or at least some of them? I think that there's varying degrees of disappointment. Uh, certainly, I agree with you that Matt Dumba uh, not picking up where he left off is, is certainly a disappointment. I would say that I would certainly like Jewel Erickson Act to really, really break out a little bit more with some of the chances that he's had uh, on this team uh, in on the offensive side. I think he's really come to life defensively. Um, Kevin Fiala had a really good solid run, but he's kind of quieted down. He's just picking up a few more assists here and there. But... Uh, I wouldn't say I've been like super disappointed with the kids because I wasn't really sure what to expect out of them anyways. I was just hoping that they would all kind of do something together. So I would say that my, mostly my disappointments are like you know, Miko Koivu. We talked about it on last episode. Yeah, I was going to go to Koivu as a, as a disappointment. Not necessarily like, oh, like... I'm mad that Mika Koiv is the captain and he's not playing well and he should play well because he's the captain. Why right. isn't he playing well? Because he's the captain. He's wearing the C. You got to take the C off. Why isn't the C going to Parisi? <laughs> C's in his name. It's Parisi. <laughs> Put it on him. But, you know, I'm not mad about it in that, but like I pictured Miko Koivu's ending to be a little better than, than, you know, he's getting bumped down to the fourth line and he's not scoring. I don't know. It was good to see you know him get his 1,000th game. I wouldn't mm-hmm. trade that for anything. And I think that you know there's no harm in him playing until the season ends, right? But right. you know, like I, I don't know. I, I, I think you kind of want to be in a position where maybe you're left wanting more a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. And at the end of the season, I, I don't think that I'm going to be left wanting more. And, and that kind of saddens me. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think he's still really solid defensively. But the fact that he just cannot produce right now is is staggering. And it's it's troubling because it's like, you know, they, you know, when players hit that, that 30, that 30 year old mark, and you start to see kind of like the downside of their careers, some continue to kind of be consistent. I mean, Zach Parisi, I think you posted on Twitter uh, recently, like his paces for 82 game seasons. Like he was roughly on pace for right around 28 to 32 goals every single year since he's arrived and how remarkably consistent that is. Even, and now obviously he hasn't really like met that because of injuries. Games, injuries and things like that. But, but if you look at like what he had, was on pace for, I mean, that's remarkably consistent um, with Koivu. It seems like 35 hit. And I know he had a, a pretty bad injury, a leg injury last year. And he mostly came back in shape and it has, it looked pretty good. It's just the points aren't there. And I don't know if it's hands. I don't know if it's mentality or what, but, um, to see him fall such off such a cliff after such a such a strong career uh, is, is troubling. And um, Matt Zuccarello, I thought would have been a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to ask if you thought he was a disappointment or not. It sounds like you're leaning a little bit to yeah. I'm more disappointed that he's around for another like six years. It's I, I isn't it? Or it's extra. I think it's five years after this one or something like that. But. But you know what I mean? Like it's just it's four feels... years after this. Okay, it's four years. Sorry, it's it's late. <laughs> um, but it's another four years after this, and I just I was expecting him to be much more of a playmaker. Um, you know, when even when Paul Fenton makes the lizard comment, like I still feel like I see him losing those weird puck battles where maybe the stick isn't really getting the puck like it's like as advertised and. I don't know. He had a nice goal against Detroit, batting the puck out of midair. But uh, I just I feel like there's I wanted more, and I would have been fine with this contract for two to three years, maybe if it was, you know, without any sort of move clause on it or anything like that. But the fact that he's just here for so much longer and he's got that no move clause, I mean, I feel like the Wild are trapped into that. I think if I'm thinking of another disappointment through the first half of the season. Uh, I would say uh, definitely uh, Jerry Mayhew not being able to get a role (laughs) in the NHL, uh, even though he literally tonight just set an Iowa wild record for goals in a season. He's only played 36 games. He has a a 29 goals through 36 games. And it's like, oh, okay, like, I I guess (laughs) we can't have this on the roster. I don't know. I don't know why, but nah. Yeah, I would have thought that with Boudreaux being kind of lame duck in a sense and Bill Guerin coming in without really any sort of uh, preconceived notions about any of the players on this team and in the system, that he probably would have thrown more darts at the wall trying to make something click. Now, clearly probably Guerin isn't looking to... uh, necessarily push all of his chips in and win now at this point, especially with the way the October started and finished. But I just think like, what have you got to lose? I mean, you're playing with house money. You know, I would have, I would have put whoever is your best player out there and, 
and and just seeing what happened because at this point we I still feel like we we haven't really gotten a full legit answer of what we've got in in Jordan Greenway or Ryan Donato or even to to a certain extent Jewel Erickson Eck. Uh I know he's been playing more against like the top competition defensively, but it's like put him between like Fiala and, and Zucker and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I um and then bring up Jerry Mayhew. Let's see. Let's give Sam Annis a look. And if maybe he shows well, maybe um, there's a trade there. I don't know. I just feel like that there's there's less of an obligation to try to continue to play the guys that they've been playing. Um, and more of just like a, hey, let's just roll out the dice or roll the dice here and see what happens. All right. That'll probably do it, I think, for our discussion on the disappointments. We didn't want to bring everybody down. So we're going to come back after another short pause and we'll get into the, the the bright spot so far of uh, of the Minnesota Wild season here as we reflect uh, now that the Wild are on break. You are listening to Locked On Wild, and we are back on Locked On Wild. We are going through the top moments so far of the this Minnesota Wild season. Uh, now that the Wild have officially broken for the All Star break, so. Uh, and they also, they're, I'm pretty sure they're also going to do their uh, their bye week pretty much uh, on each side of the break too, aren't they? Uh, they yeah, uh, half the league is on bye now, and then the other half will okay. be on bye after the All Star break, which uh, includes the Minnesota Wild. All right then. Well, so Tony, we were talking about disappointments in the last segment, but what are what are you seeing as bright spots for the season? Like, why should Minnesota Wild fans continue to to pay attention to this team as this uh, season goes along. You know, this might be a real weird one to start just because you're, you you think of who people are going to put the most blame on this team when it, things aren't going well on. And it, it's uh, it's Koivu, who we uh, mentioned earlier, but also Parise and Suter. And I would argue that Parise and Suter have, have been two of the brightest spots on this team despite them being you know, 35 <laughs> and making a ton of money, yada, 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 13 years, 98 million. I get it. Still, Ryan Suter is is just behind Eric Stahl for the team leading points, and Parise's on pace for a 31-goal season. You kind of stole my thunder a little bit when you uh, brought yeah. up my tweet about how <laughs> consistent Parise's been in sure. a goals-per-game basis. But, yeah, uh, it, it, it it's been freakishly consistent i i think there's been one season out of the eight where he was on less than a 29 goal pace over an 82 game season that was year mm-hmm. five and, and that was the one i think that was the one before he hurt his back okay like or, or the one that uh the yeah the one before he missed half the season with uh with his back um yeah. injury so yeah, he's been uh, he's been real good this year, and uh, and as has uh, has Ryan Suter, who looks all the way back from his ankle injury that happened two years ago. Last year he was a little shaky defensively, but this yep. year, man, it's it everything looks right with Ryan Suter, and that's not bad for a guy who you know two years ago you thought maybe his career is over. It very well could have been. I think the reports at the time 
because it was the talus bone in his ankle that was broken that that's usually what doctors see in car crash victims and they're lucky to usually walk after that kind of an injury. So um, I would say that one of the, the bright spots this year has actually been the emergence of Carson Susie. Really good. Yep. Very yeah. good. Uh, I know we've talked and loved him up a little bit on, uh, on 10 K rings radio earlier in the season, especially during the, uh, the month of December. But uh, it seems like this kid can, uh, I mean, he's 25. So I, I don't know if you, how much of a kid he is, but um He's an older rookie. He he um, had a hard time making the, the team out of camp last year, came in this year, and not only has he made camp, but he's basically played himself into an everyday role. Um, when Greg Pattern came back, it wasn't Greg – it wasn't Carson Susie that was, was scratched. It wasn't uh, – you know, Nick Sealer's been in the press box pretty much the entire season. Um Susie's been very, very good. He's been strong defensively, um, and he's contributed contributed offensively to the point where it's like, you know, he can he can jump up into the second pair when there's an injury or 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 slot in there when there's um, some extended time that might need to happen as well. If there's uh, if there's some reshuffling of the deck a little bit, uh, he's been rel- He's been a, a, a really promising site now i know people are thinking like okay yeah well with the uh emergency um with the emergence of susie that you know that makes brodine i guess more um expendable expendable yeah more expendable i don't know if that necessarily makes them expendable because i think they're completely different types of players and brodine has consistently been for for right. all we 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 kind of uh, dunk on him a little bit for his offensive production yep. up to this year, which it's actually like pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, but for all we've dunked on his offensive production in the past, like when you look at like evolving hockey's war stat, mm-hmm. uh, he Brodine's like a top pairing defenseman, pretty much year in and year out. Right. Yeah. So. I don't. I'm not going to say like, yeah, Susie's going to just slot in there and and take Rodin's spot without any sort of um, a drop off there. But I do think though that the Wild can feel a little bit better about their defense core with how Susie has played because I think going into this year, I wasn't really sure what they had for defense because it was okay. They've got. Brendan Manel, who I think is a promising young prospect, and they had Louis Belpedio, and what was left? You know, what were they really going to think? Like Greg Pattern, Nick Sealer, and, and Carson Soucy were going to be the the you know the the players to come up and, and play well mm-hmm. and and bail them out of not addressing the third pairing a little bit more. But that's what Carson Soucy has done exactly. I think this year. So another bright spot that I have is uh, is Kevin Fiala finding his legs in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He came over last year, struggled pretty hard, started out yeah. the season, struggled really hard, gets healthy, scratched a couple times, comes back, and then, you know, you start seeing a, a different player, you know. And, uh, like, I was looking at, uh, at his per-game numbers for his first 27 games. So the 19 games he was here last year, and then the eight to start the season this year 
He was on a 24-point pace over an 82-game season. Mm -hmm. Over the last 37 games, he has been on a 60-point pace. So that's awesome to see, Uh, and and it makes makes you feel good that, you know, for all the uh, belly aching, some deserved, some not as deserved with the Paul Fenton trades last year, Mm -hmm. that, you know, one of them came out and was pretty wildly successful. You know, and I was doing some research, but, uh, you know, the big thing with Fiala has been his turnovers, right? You know, he's a, he's a, he's a player that carries the puck a lot, and, and sometimes that leads into kind of skating himself into a corner and uh, maybe copying up the puck. But one thing that he's been doing really, really well, even if those giveaways are probably higher than, than some of his teammates, he's about equal with the amount of takeaways he's getting too. So mm-hmm. he's, he's at least balanced on that point. And I think uh, what's nice is that he is pretty, he's been pretty tough on the puck. I think over these last 37 games or so, mm-hmm. I think he's what really kind of helped him kind of blossom. And I have no doubt that the reason why the wild went on an 11 game point streak through the month of, uh, or yeah, actually pretty much right around Thanksgiving to the early part of December was really kind of the rise of uh, Kevin Fiala and his ability to, I think, and and this might be a cliche, but it's kind of simplify his game. He's not necessarily trying to force a pass, but he's still really creative. You know, I don't think that that necessarily took his creativity away. I think he's still going to try to force some of that stuff, but it doesn't seem like he's going back against the grain as much without, um, understanding that look we can't just cough the puck up the middle and give a team a free breakout you know and i think that was really the the big thing at the most that uh probably ticked uh boudreau off early in the season i would say my next bright spot was like and it's more of like a team thing on 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 the whole but this team has been relatively entertaining and I know that they're not necessarily the greatest, but at times they can go up against some of the toughest competition in this league and, and compete. Uh, Maybe not so much Toronto, but you know, they went up against Dallas and, and competed well. Um, Pittsburgh, not so much, but you know what, Florida, that was a hell of a game. Um, You know, I, I think that this team has, it's kind of like, um, they've got like a weird uh, like a handicap in golf, you know, where, you know, they, they might shoot like a, a, a minus four, but they also might shoot like a plus eight. Who knows? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I think this team is really volatile and cer- certainly you want some more consistency, but I think that overall, like this team can show that it, it can play some of the tougher teams really, really well. Um, and be exciting when they do it. Uh, it's just getting, I think, overall consistency. Better goaltending, I think, would go a long way to helping that. Um, and I, I think that, obviously, an influx of more talent will work. But I think that just takes time to get that, too. A similar thing, just to, just to kind of piggyback on your more of a team thing that, uh, that you mentioned, um, is the goal explosions that Minnesota's had this year. I think yeah. they've had five games I counted where they have six or more goals. 
last year they had three such games and and just being able to uh to watch your team just just blow the other one out of the, out of the water and just really like step on the gas um mm-hmm. you know that that's been real fun to watch at times yeah it's been fun and again it's not like this we're we're ready to schedule the uh you know the parade or anything down west 7th but i do think that there are certain elements to to hockey that you want to be entertained by even if your team isn't going to win the cup mm-hmm. and uh and certainly this team has probably worn out that whole like honeymoon thing uh to give get the benefit of the doubt but at the same time like i think there are things you know games like Miko Koivu's south south um 1000th game where he ended up scoring the the shootout winner or hockey day minnesota where he, they ended up going seven nothing or um just just little things in, in or goal just being explosion. able to win like a run and gun game yeah like that they too. did against edmonton earlier this year or, or yeah. arizona yeah absolutely so I do think like you can have some fun in each individual game and each individual storyline. Now, ultimately it's probably not going to become a, uh, you know, it's not going to end with the, the, the grand prize at the end. But uh, I, I would say like, don't tune out. If you like hockey, if you've watched hockey and enjoyed hockey before, like there's things about this team that, that you can still enjoy. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple more moments if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, Dubnik, uh, has had a, has, has had a pretty rough year, but I think my favorite moment of the year was Dubnik's first game back where he won mm-hmm. the eight to five game against Arizona. And after the game, Marcus Felino gets the Felino gives the hero of the game, whitewater rafting helmet to Dubnik after the game. And they just have that, that huge emotional hug. Uh, that was such a great moment. And then the next game Dubnik comes in, he uh, shuts out Calgary. Like, I, I just thought those were two really good moments for uh, for Dubnik. Yeah, there was uh, even a game. I know that the uh, the Wild first game against the Colorado Avalanche in Colorado was like a 4-2 to dud, right? But the second game against Colorado where they came back here, uh, you know, it was a three to two win and it was it was a fun, exciting game where they neutralized, you know, the really top guns of the of the Colorado Avalanche against a hated rival. Those games were fun. Um, I thought that game, that game was a fun one, too, if you want to just go after games. I think my fav my very favorite moment, as much as I've said, I don't like living in the past. I don't like living in the past. Uh, but Nino coming home was maybe my favorite moment of the year. Yeah, we actually went to that game too, didn't we? We did, and yeah, um, we we got to we got to see the tribute to Nino Niederreiter. Super nice tribute, very mm-hmm. emotional for him. It was uh, it was uh, it was cool to see. Yep, I stood up and, and gave him an applause too. I, I was happy to see him back. That whole building did. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So, um, you know, and and you know, the other thing too is like Eric Stahl got a thousand points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Prezi is going to hit a thousand games. We had. Uh, Mika Koivu hit 700 points in a thousand games. There's been some milestones. That, um, there's been some milestones hit this year that Devin Dubnik uh, started his five or played in his 500th game. Devin Dubnik hit his 500th game. Yeah. Um, there's been some good milestones this year that have been kind of fun to uh, to pay tribute to. And um, first again, NHL like, goals for Jerry Mayhew 
Carson Susie. <laughs> no, I mean, really, like, those are milestones, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably going to do it for us, though, on this episode. We've kind of gone long-winded again. Yeah, I think we do that. <laughs> well, when we get on a roll, you know, we just have too much fun talking. Yeah, it's impossible to, uh, it's impossible to stop. Anyways, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hi Tony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. All right, you can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15 and all my work at ZoneCoverage.com. I know uh, Luke Inman has been down at uh, in Mobile for the uh, the Senior Bowl this for in preparation for the NFL Draft. So check out ZoneCoverage.com and check that out. Uh, some good information there. Uh, all right, that's just probably going to do it for us. If you like today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us reach more wild fans like yourself. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at LockdownWild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Use the email LockdownWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Lockdown Wild and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday because we are a daily podcast, except for the weekends. You're on your own for the weekends, but follow us every Monday through Friday and stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.